your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyone, welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at L underscore Penguins. I apologize for not getting an episode up on Friday. I also apologize for only three episodes last week. I promise that will not be the case um, this week. I have just been so stressed and just my anxiety has been through the roof because um, of a potential full-time job that might be coming. I got to the last stage of it um, late last week. had to send in a writing and editing test for it um, yesterday. So I was basically doing that all week on them. Um, I will say if I do get this position, which I am crossing my fingers and you know, almost everything in my body, um, I will not stop doing this podcast. I'm not just going to like give this away to someone else. You know, the Lockdown Penguins podcast is basically my baby. I don't, I would not want to give this podcast over to anyone else, but we still have some Penguins content to get today, including my thoughts on the Jack Adams nominees and that's how it's pathetic that Mike Sullivan um, did not get nominated. Or we're also going to talk some Penguins expansion draft stuff. And after, especially after Rob Rossi's piece came out last week, I, I engaged with him on Twitter, I think on that Friday and just shared my thoughts and he, he shared them right back. You know, I've had Rob on the podcast numerous times. He's provided a lot of great intel and he provided a lot of great info um, in the article where with what he's hearing with regards to who the Penguins are going to protect in the expansion draft. So we're going to touch on all that today. And we're also going to touch a little bit on um, the final four and what to expect from that moving forward, as well as maybe a couple other things um, as well. I also did a Twitter poll on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account, uh, where I'm going to read some of those results for you all in this episode as well. But let's start out with the Jack Adams uh, nominees. And I'll just say this right off the bat. You know, the Jack Adams Award is kind of a joke in one way because it's basically, it goes to the coach who had, one, the best goaltending of the season, and two, whose team just overachieved even if it's just the smallest of margins. You know, it doesn't go to the coach who does the actual best job, which in my opinion is Mike Sullivan. Yes, I may be being a bit of a homer with that take, but in my opinion, Sullivan outdid any of those three finalists on there. I mean, Joe Quenville, wow, you know, the Panthers just overachieved for the first time and didn't get sucked by goaltending. Rod Brindamore, okay, I can accept that. He took his team to new heights. They got first place in the Central Division. And then Dean Evason of Minnesota, okay, yeah, your team overachieved because Kapril Kaprizov was one of the best players in the league. I mean, if I, if I'm, in my opinion, I would have had it be Brindamore, Sullivan, and Evason, you know, sure. Um, Florida did a really nice job with Quenville there, but you know I think I would have had Mike Sullivan over him uh, for sure. You know can't wait to see Sullivan get fourth or fifth in the voting and just be right outside the finalists. But overall, um, it is kind of ridiculous that Sullivan was not a nominee for that award. I wasn't really too upset when Sidney Crosby was not nominated for the Heart. He was never going to win it in the first place. But I definitely got a bit upset and a bit butthurt that Sullivan was not nominated for this. The fact that the Penguins won the toughest division in the league this year, you know, with Boston, Washington, Islanders, Philadelphia, the Rangers, etc., um, with the injuries that they went through, you know, and with how bad the goaltending was the first four to six to seven weeks of the season, goes to show that Sullivan is a top five coach in the league. And, you know, th- their play never wavered um, for probably just more than a couple of games. You know, he-, he has a blueprint and he has a plan and the players stick to it and they buy in basically every game. So, like I said, the fact that Sullivan was not nominated for it um, just goes to show that some people at the PHWA really don't know what they're doing. If I had to guess who wins that award, um, in my opinion, it should go to Brindamore. I think he will win it. 
Um, I, I would not give it to Evason or Quenville. You know, if it had to be between those two, I'd give it to Evason because it's, I don't really think anyone had Minnesota making the playoffs this year. But also, if you look at that division, obviously you had Vegas, obviously you had Colorado. We all knew St. Louis was probably going to get in too. It was that four spot was wide open between them and Arizona probably. So in, in a way, it, it shouldn't really be surprising that Minnesota got in. I guess no one expected them to almost have home ice uh, in the playoffs this season against the Vegas Golden Knights. But, I, but I've always hated the Jack Adams Award for so many reasons. I mean, Sullivan was not nominated last year for the work that he did, especially with the injuries. I know the team backed their way into the playoffs a bit right before the pause, but before then, you know, that was one of the best teams in the league um, before they lost, what, five, six, seven in a row or something like that. And, you know, I, I guess in a way, also, I'm not really that mad that Sullivan didn't get nominated because usually when, you know, someone wins the Jack Adams, they get fired a year or two later. I mean, remember when Dan Bilesman won it, he was fired just a couple seasons later. I think John Tortorella has won it, and I think he's been gone now as well. So, you know, usually the coach that wins it is not there that long. But I think, like I said, the award is really just goes to the coach that overachieved, in quotation marks, with his team during the season, and then, oh yeah, they have to also have really good goaltending as well. You know, you look at Dina Basin in Minnesota, Cam Talbot was excellent for them this season, uh, Alex Nedeljkovic and Peter Morozik were really good for Rod Brindamore, and then in Florida, uh, Dreger and Spencer Knight were really good, and of course, we all know how bad Sergei Bobrovsky was. So all three teams had world-class goaltending um, for basically all of this season as well. But okay, enough about my little Jack Adams rant. Let's get to the expansion draft stuff. So Rob Rossi, last Friday... Um, talked about, you know, who's saying who could be picked by the Kraken in the expansion draft and, you know, what he's been hearing about it. So he made a huge chart, you know, at what it sounds like who the Penguins are going to protect. Obviously, Sidney Crosby, Vinny Malkin, Jake Ensel, Brian Rust. Um, if anyone doesn't have those uh, first four and all of their protected lists, um, you're just doing it wrong. He has Jared McCann in there. I understand that McCann was not... Um, as good in the playoffs as he was in the regular season, but this is a player that is still very young, is still on a cheap contract, and had a great regular season, and I think should be extended after this season, or honestly going into the season, to be honest with you all. So um, having Jared McCann on there is a slam dunk. As for Kasperi Kapanen, I understand that he shot well above his normal average for this season. You know, a lot of those uh, zone entries as well were just one and duns, you know, maybe expecting him to shoot, um, what was it, 16, 17% next season um, is a bit foolish. You know, I don't think he will, but this is still a good player that they paid a hefty price uh, for him. I mean, I know Ron Hextall and Brian Burke were not there when Jim Rutherford gave up a top 15 lottery protected pick for him, but this is still a really good player who was damn good for Pittsburgh, I thought, this year. He, he really clicked with Evgeny Malkin. I would have him on my protected list as well. And then he included Jeff Carter. So that has sparked a lot of debate in the last few days. I personally am of the opinion that Jeff Carter should be exposed in the expansion draft. I know that's maybe going towards the minority of some of the people in the Penguins fan base. You know, at least from what I've been seeing, I think Dan Hopper um, of his site of OPS, he, he wrote an article about um, the need to protect Jeff Carter. I think I've seen Jason from uh, Penguins Twitter saying they need to protect Carter. Uh, but, you know, I'm not on that train. And, and I'll tell you why. I understand that, you know, Vegas took a lot of expiring contracts with their expansion draft, but I think Seattle with their front office and Ron Francis and with all their analytical people there, they're just a lot different than what George McPhee um, did. 
And I think they're going to go after someone who, you know, is maybe more analytically savvy. And, oh, yeah, people, if Jeff Carter does get picked and the Penguins don't protect him, I have a hard time believing he's just going to play out his contract there, which is one year left, by the way, um, and then just retire. I honestly think he would just retire with that. And then, you know, I think the Kings, obviously, I think they would have a cap recapture penalty, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think the Penguins would really have anything of a cap recapture just because he was there uh, for not even a full season. But I don't really even think that Carter would play with Seattle for just one season. I honestly think he would just retire. And also, I've been saying this as well on my personal Twitter and on the show. I really don't think that Seattle would do that because he's going to be 36 years old. I understand that he did have a really good resurgence with the Penguins. But when you have your options such as, you know, say the Penguins do protect Teddy Bluger over Jeff Carter, which is, you know, what I would do for that last spot. You'll have your options of Brandon Tanev, Zach Aston Reese, uh, Jason Zucker, if you want to take his cap and then maybe flip him at the deadline, you know, and eat half his salary. You know, obviously uh, Seattle is going to try to take some salary uh, for this season. They're, they have to at least hit the cap floor. You have maybe one of their defensemen. I don't really think the Penguins are going to uh, lose one of those two defensemen in Pedersen and Matheson. They're not going to lose Jari or DeSmith. But, you know, either way, they're still going to lose a good player. But, you know, I really think Seattle would take someone such as a Zach Aston Reese, who's one of the best defensive forwards in the game, or someone like a Brandon Tanev, who I know has four years left on his contract at $3.5 million per. But he's still a really good player, especially defensively, and he can chip in offensively when needed. So, like I said, I just really don't see Seattle doing it. Maybe it makes sense. And trust me, everyone, I get the people on the other side that want to protect Jeff Carter because of Genny Malkin, who knows how long he's going to be out for. The only injury update we have right now is that he's out for all of training camp. There's no update if he's going to be ready for the season. You know, Rob Rossi, I think in his piece, touched on the Penguins still don't know when he'll be ready. As I just said, it could linger into the season because he had major offseason knee surgery. So they want to protect against Malkin being out with Carter uh, staying on the team next year. And, you know, I think 90% and a 90% chance he will be on the team. But in my opinion, I would rather protect McCann and Bluger over Jeff Carter and have them be your two centers with Malkin out um, than protect Jeff Carter and lose Teddy Bluger. I, I think people are undervaluing someone such as a Teddy Bluger who really came into his own, I thought, this season. We all know how good offensively, I mean, offensively, we all know how good defensively he was on that line with Aston Reese and Tanev. But, I really thought he came into his own offensively this year with the stats that he put up, you know, with his Corsi, his Fenwick, you know, his shot attempts four per 60 minutes, so much more so. In my opinion, I would still protect Bluger over Carter, but again, I would not be mad if they did protect Carter over Bluger. I would just be still a bit disappointed if Bluger is the one that gets chosen because they protected Jeff Carter. Also in the article, before we do get to commercial break, you know what, I'm actually going to save this until we come back for commercial break because I'm going to get to the defensemen that um, Rossi's been told that it sounds like they are going to protect in the expansion draft. One of them on there is definitely not one that I saw coming, that's for sure. I honestly had to do a double take when I did see it. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about Credit Karma, it's always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. They've already given away over $3 million in instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting 
And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. One more time, that's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions in terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Square Penguins. So, in case, like I said, in case you do not see this Rossi article, for what he's been told, obviously Latang and Dumoulin are getting protected. Um, again, you know, just like the, the big four forwards that I said, if you don't have one of Chris Latang or, or both of Chris Latang and Brian Dumoulin, excuse me, on your protected list, or if you're doing a mock list or something, uh, you're just doing it wrong. The third one on there, because thanks to Marino and P.O. Joseph being exempt, uh, he has the Penguins protecting Mark Friedman. Um, in the expansion draft. And he says this, given Friedman's history with Hextall dating to their days together with the Flyers, it's conceivable that the Penguins protect him while being willing, but not necessarily expecting to part with either Matheson or Pedersen. If Marino and P.O. Joseph are part of the plans for next season, the Penguins could probably better use cap space that would be devoted to either Matheson or Pedersen, who of course make over $4 million per, especially with Marino's cap cost jumping to $4.4 million because of a Rutherford approved expansion agreed to in December. I actually almost forgot that Marino's uh, cap Cap goes to 4.4 million next year, and that's a big deal. You know, we saw Marino, I think, struggle uh, decently offensively this year. We all know how good he is defensively with suppressing shots. I really did want to see the breakout for him in the offensive zone. We did not get it this year. If that does not come to fruition in third year, I think you may start to potentially make the argument that he is a bit overpaid. You know, he gets almost four and a half million per to be a second pairing defense with not a lot of offense. I mean, you're just basically a mini Brian Dumoulin clone at that point. Obviously, Marino and Joseph are going to be in their plans next season. They're not going to trade Marino. I think P.O. is going to make the team out of camp. Um, And I did like how Rob said, you know, if they do want to part with Matheson or Pedersen, you know, that's Pedersen makes 4.025 million. Matheson makes 4.8 for still five more years. Um, He also writes... Uh, leaving either Matheson or Pedersen exposed will not indicate that Penguins are displeased with either player, only that Hextall might prefer one of their respective cap hits off the team for next year. Um, this is not unexpected. Ron Hextall has no loyalty to these players. I mean, he did not sign them. He's only really known them for what, five, six months now or something like that. And honestly, Seattle is not going to take either player. I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to add a defenseman, you know, especially Mike Matheson, who has five years left at $4.8 million per to their team. I mean, that's just not going to happen. You can leave him unprotected. Same with Marcus Pedersen. I don't think Seattle is going to add um, a bottom-pairing defenseman, which is what he was this year with John Marino uh, for $4 million. And they're just, they're just not going to do that. Ron Francis isn't that stupid. Honestly, protecting Mark Friedman is a nothing move. You, you lose nothing by protecting him. You gain nothing by protecting him because he's just basically going to be your number seven and your number eight defenseman. Anyway, I mean, you know, sure, he can maybe push for playing time since Cody CC may not come back because he's probably priced himself out of Pittsburgh. But I really don't see Friedman being an everyday player for the Penguins next season. So, yeah, it really doesn't bother me what third defenseman they protect in the expansion draft. Um, it's really not going to matter in the slightest. Also from Rossi's article, he has the Penguins protecting um, Casey DeSmith in the expansion draft 
over Tristan Jari. Um, word around the league, according to Rob, is that Hextall is already on the hunt for a veteran goalie. So, you know, again, everyone, I know people freaked out when Ron Hextall said, uh, talked up Tristan Jari like hell after his end of the season media conference. That was what he had to do. He's not going to come out and say, oh yeah, guys, my starting goaltender stinks. You know, he's absolutely awful or any of those other bad things that you can say about one of your players. You know, he had to come out and say that he's good because, you know, that takes away any leverage that the Penguins would have in somehow getting rid of Tristan Jari or, you know, just going out and signing a veteran goaltender, which it looks like the Penguins are going to do that this offseason. And as Rossi notes, he was neither drafted nor signed to his current contract by Ron Hextall. And also, I mean, even if you leave Tristan Jari unprotected, Seattle is not just going to swoop in uh, and take him from the Penguins and have him be their starting goaltender. I really don't think Seattle would do that. I mean, if they did, you know, that's three and a half million off the Penguins' books for the next two years, and they can go out and actually get a starting goaltender. So, it, it, in hindsight, it re- it would be a, actually a really good thing for the Penguins, at least in my opinion. But okay, let's go to the Twitter account because I did pose this question on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. After 27 votes, there's still a good amount of time left in the poll. Uh, I, I asked everyone, who would you be protecting for the final forward spot in the expansion draft? Over half of you say Brandon Tanev. And I get it. You know, Tanev is a fan favorite. Um, he's just a total wrecking ball. He's the full package for what you want in a bottom six player. That being said, I would not protect Brandon Tanev over Jeff Carter or Teddy Bluger. I would protect one of those two over Tanev. I mean, and especially because of the contract. I mean, four more years, three and a half million per. That's just not a contract that I am protecting in the expansion draft. You know, it just, it, it makes you kind of look silly. And, you know, I, I posed this thing on Twitter the other day, you know, are the GMs going to learn from what happened with Vegas? Because they basically gifted them good players. And that's the biggest reason why Vegas was so good in their first year is because the GMs screwed it up so bad by just giving away players for pennies on the dollar while these other GMs just protected their really bad players. And I'm, I'm not saying that Brandon Tanev is a bad player. He's far from it. But if you're asking me who I would protect, if it's Tanev, uh, Bluger, or Carter, I'm going one of Bluger or Carter 100% of the way. Alan Teoder says Carter or Tanev, in my opinion. I think Carter is safe because of his age. I really like Tanev and think the Pens could use him maybe one more player like him. I'd love to keep Bluger and Aston Reese too, but I'm okay with losing one of them. Yeah, Alan, I, I do think it is going to be Aston Reese. I think that's my prediction at this point is that Seattle takes him. Now, if they do protect Carter, I think um, over Bluger, I think I might change my tune and go to Bluger. But it's probably going to be one of those two players. And obviously, they can be replaced in free agency. Um, I think Bluger would be harder to replace than Aston Reese, at least in my opinion. But I was definitely surprised by looking at this poll that half of you uh, want to protect Brandon Tanev over Jeff Carter, Aston Reese, and uh, Bluger. Iris AJ says, are three of them possibly unprotected? We can protect one of them. Yes. Um, Three of these players are likely to be unprotected in the expansion draft. That is why Ron Hextall said at the end of his season press conference that we all know they're going to be losing a really good player. And it's going to stink. You know, there's just, there's not enough spots for the Penguins to protect a lot of their good players. But, you know, this is also what free agency is for. Hopefully the Penguins will have some cap space to play with in the offseason when free agency comes around. I believe it starts July 28th, if I think my memory serves me right. I know the expansion draft is July 21st. I think they have the list have to be in in about a full month. So, And I can't wait to laugh at all the GMs um, who probably will make another really stupid decision when it comes uh, to some of their players. 
But okay, coming up in the next segment, we are going to touch on a little bit for the Final Four as that has gotten underway with the Islanders taking Game 1 from the Tampa Bay Lightning. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about a couple things, one of them being Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors well, you are missing out, excuse me, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, my, my favorite, the peanut butter brownie. And there's so many more to choose from. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. A couple of the others have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carbs. You can go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. We also cannot forget about BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. You can get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit out the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's talk about that final four. So the Islanders just really can't keep getting away from this, can they? So New York takes game one from the Tampa Bay Lightning to go up 1-0. Um, and basically, what is the Eastern Conference Final? I know they're calling it the Stanley Cup semifinals, but this is the Eastern Conference Final. And it's just, you know, watching that game yesterday, I was definitely bored throughout it. But, man, credit to the Islanders and Barry Trotz for what they did against Tampa Bay. I mean, they were just suffocating them the entire game, keeping Tampa Bay to the edges. Um, the Lightning, I think, were one and done almost every time they had the puck in the zone. I know uh, Tampa Bay did have some sustained zone time uh, for a bit throughout the game, and I know they made it close towards the end with getting that power play. And You know, you knew they were going to get a power play um, of the slimmest of margins because they hadn't had one up until that final minute of the third period. The Islanders, I think, had two or three for that game. Tampa Bay had none. And, you know, that's the state of officiating in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, it's just... Sometimes you're going to get three to four power plays. Sometimes you're going to get none because the refs like to swallow their wristles and they just like to be inconsistent when they go from team to team. That is how it is. That is how it has always been. There's no bias against your team. There's no, the games are rigged or anything like that. That's never been the case. You know, I know fans like to say that a lot, but that's just homerism and fan bias at its finest. The refs are just bad at their jobs. But, you know, when Brock Nelson did the smallest thing on Braden Point, you knew there was going to be a penalty. Tampa made it close to make it two to one and then had some really nice zone time in those last 30 seconds, but they could not get the equalizer to send into overtime as the Islanders take game one. You know, that was probably one of the Islanders, what, four, probably their fourth playoff game from this spring and summer that they've actually deserved to win. That, that was the thing. I actually thought they played their asses off in that game yesterday. You know, we can't really say that for what they've done in most of these playoffs where uh, their PDR, I was reading Dom's preview from The Athletic, they have a PDO of 104 in the playoffs. I believe that leads the league they're also getting 934, 935 goaltending every night. Again, people, this is how the Penguins won the Stanley Cup in 2017. They were outplayed almost every playoff game, but they had a high PDO. They were scoring on the chances that they did get, and they were getting 935, 936 goaltending from Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray. That is what the Islanders are following right now. And then when the game gets to 50-50 or when they play a couple of their best games from the playoffs, which 
were not really that often in the Penguins uh, Stanley Cup run in 2017. They're winning them, and they're winning them with authority with how you saw uh, they defended really hard against the Lightning yesterday. You know, just Kucherov couldn't do anything. Brighton Point couldn't do anything until the final minute when he had the power play goal. Stamkos really didn't, couldn't do anything. Andre Pallad. Victor Hedman, I think, definitely looks hurt. Um, I, I think it, when you watch him, look at the hip area. It definitely seems like there's a hip injury going on with him. I think I might have read something about that earlier in the season, but he's not walking the line like I normally see him do. Um, he's not winning those 50-50 battles to the puck. Um, he just looks like a shell from his former self, and he still was nominated for the Vesna Trophy this year while playing like that virtually all year. So again, I really don't understand how in the hell he was nominated for the Vesna when that is how he has played virtually all season. But again, guys, credit to the Islanders. I thought they played a really nice game, and they are up one nothing, and they have ensured at least a split going back to the Nassau Coliseum. If we do get a Montreal-New York final, I mean, that will be a final that uh, the league definitely deserves, and that's probably going to set back the sport another 20 years. That being said, Vegas-Montreal will start out tonight in Vegas, Game 1, 9 p.m. Eastern start. If you do not have work tomorrow or you know, you're know you off school and you're listening to this podcast, I definitely recommend that you stay up and watch that, especially just because for Vegas, and I'm sure you know um, all of you that listen to this podcast, or a good bit of you, have been Flurry fans for most of your life, you know, including me. I definitely am going to pull for Flurry, not just in this series, but for the rest of the way, I really do want to see him get that fourth Stanley Cup. Especially because he's really not had to lead a team there since 2009. I remember 2016, it was Matt Murray's show. He led them half of the way in 2017 before Murray took over. But I'm really happy with what he's been doing uh, this season thus far. He finally got his first Vezina nomination. So I really want to see him do well going to the... Stanley Cup on hopefully winning a championship. And, you know, we just passed a couple big dates in Penguins history. June 12th, obviously so huge. They won uh, two of their Stanley Cups on that day, one in 2009 and one in 2016. And then June 11th, where the Penguins went back-to-back in 2017. Saw a lot of weird Murray takes on that day when I was uh, when that day just passed. And, you know, that's par for the course for some people in this fan base who can't let it go that Murray took Marc-Andre Fleury's job strictly because he was better than him. That's the literally the reason why Matt Murray took his job. There's no other way to say it. He outplayed him, and that's that on that. But, you know, I just wanted to shout out those two big days on the Penguins calendar as three of the Penguins' five championships came um, on two of those days. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate you all listening to this one, and let's do another one of these tomorrow, shall we? I can't wait to talk to you all then.